Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to the coaching staff, episode number 10. Tony, we have hit double digits in the coaching staff here. Uh, co- uh, number 10 here, and last week on the coaching staff, we went over kind of just about a bunch of different things that you should be taking care of here in the next few weeks, and Tony and I have been talking and we came up with four big things that we're going to talk about the next four weeks. And we decide we kind of, you know, what order should we go in, uh, what's pertinent, et cetera, et cetera. And we decided to start out with our, our player and parent packets. What information are you giving your players before the season starts? What information are you giving your parents, maybe in the parent meeting? And we're just going to bounce some ideas off of each other, and and hopefully we come up with some stuff that'll help uh, one or more coaches out that listen to this. So, but before we get uh, before we get going here, before I go any further, Mister Viss, how are you doing this fine evening? We're doing well. Uh, actually, got a little rain. Uh, we are, you know, Iowa's in a drought right now, so it was nice to get some rain and uh, coming back after spending some time with the grandkids this weekend. So. Yeah, pumped up and ready to go tonight. Awesome. Terrific stuff. So, uh, so yeah, we'll just kind of see where this takes us here this evening. I've, I've got my uh, player and parent packet wide open right in front of me on the computer as we're recording this. So I have a lot of things to, to pick out and, and nuggets to pick from. And, and coaches, if you have any questions at all about any of this stuff, even before we get going, uh, you know, reach out to me at pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or you can direct message me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Tony, I'm assuming they can do the same to you on Twitter. Yeah. Same thing. Yep. yep. Okay. So uh, you want to, you want to get going here tonight, Tony, or you want me to start? I can start off. Um, One of the things I think we mentioned this the last time we talked, Marty, was the fact that, you know, the pandemic brought about a lot of havoc and stuff, but it has been some some good things that have come from it. And one of the things that really helped us uh, during this time was we went with our meeting, Google Meet, Zoom, whatever format you want to call it there. And so the parents are able to be in their own homes. Uh, We don't have to go to the school and and meet face to face. And so I think that has been really kind of a a neat thing that's kind of evolved from this. And so one thing that John has done that's been really, really helpful and that I think has been good is he starts off, it's an an hour-long meeting basically, and for the first half hour, he just talks to the freshman parents Mm -hmm. because a lot of the stuff that they're going to cover – sophomores juniors seniors um they, they've been there and done that and they've yeah. got a t-shirt to that shows it or whatever and so here's a case where he goes through these things with the freshman parents they don't feel awkward asking questions because you know for the most part unless you've had a son that's gone through the program before they're all kind of in the same boat and yeah. so i thought that was really kind of a good move on his part and then a half hour into things everybody else hops in there at 7 30 we do a half hour where there's new information for the freshman parents. There's stuff that you got to send out reminders and, and help out the sophomore, juniors, and senior parents on, uh, but just really good. And he, and he just starts off, you know, hey, first week of practice, here are practice times. And mm-hmm. so that kind of gets that out of the way. He has the basketball staff on there who are his top assistants, who coaches the sophomores and, and the staff there, and then the freshman staff. Um, he provides our contact information just in case the parents, you know, need to get in touch with us, uh, you know, before the season, during the season, whatever the case may be. And then the other thing that I'll, I'll pause for a second and allow you to share some stuff on yours. Um, but we've gotten into this varsity bound program. I'm not sure if you guys in Nebraska have or not, 
but a lot of our documents on there from concussion uh, to uh, permission to practice uh, to all these different things that are out there are in this varsity bound thing. And that's been kind of nice, you know, to kind of give it that, that tech area where they can hop in there, fill out those things online. It keeps track of it for everybody, yeah. uh, not just here in Cedar Rapids, but all across the state. Yeah, and I think you know establishing those uh, those things at the at the parent meeting are are really important. Like you said, schedules, uh, expectations with a lot of those things. Um, I, I'm looking. Uh, I thought I had everything open that I wanted to have open, and then you brought out the parent meeting stuff, and that kind of hit me over the head like a ton of bricks. Uh, so I've got it printed off at school, so I don't have it uh, right in front of me, and I'm struggling. I'll see if I can find it when you're talking again at some point, Tony. Uh, okay. But but I think that there's uh, that communication needs to be really transparent with your with your parents and with your players from the absolute get go. And like you said, I you know there I really like that idea of of Coach McCowan break you know starting with uh, the freshmen. Uh, especially in your situation where you you do have so many kids coming in and into your program and, and you've got a lot of kids involved with your program. There are a lot of questions, and I'm guessing you probably have, oh, I would say at minimum 35, 40 kids trying out for your freshman teams. With that, and Maybe I'm even being conservative there, Tony. Um, it, it's in that general area. It might be a little bit higher, but there's not necessarily a tryout for us. Cedar Rapids has a no-cut policy, and so what will happen is we have two freshman teams – um, and so they divide them up equally. And so they'll play their freshman games. Uh, sometimes one team's early, the other team's late, whatever the case may be. And then after each of those games, they also play a fifth quarter. Uh-huh. So those guys that don't get in on a consistent basis, they have that reserve. It's a running clock for eight minutes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so I think that's, so let's go with that. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that is high on my list that I talk about with parents, and I'm just going to kind of go in the order of my packet here, uh, we talk about tryouts and cuts. Uh, this is how it would work. Uh, you know, I tell parents the, the, the three worst days for a coach are inventory handout day, uniform handout day, uh, inventory check-in day, and if you have to cut kids. And the worst day of every season is for any coach that has to cut kids. And so... Uh, but we talk about it now. We haven't had to cut kids for a long time, uh, just because we haven't had numbers and you know girls' basketball numbers in our area. Unfortunately, uh, we struggle with it. Even at the biggest schools, we struggle with it. Uh, but I think that uh, a couple of things that I've done in the past when we have had to cut kids. Number one, I think it's important that if you're going to cut a kid, that you tell them to their face. I, I'm just uh-huh. that's that's just me. I'm not a big fan of post a list and go away. Uh, I, I I just don't I just don't like that. I don't think that when you're dealing with young people, that's how you teach them how to handle a tough situation. If you're going to make a decision that uh, a kid has a chance to be pretty disappointed with, I think you owe it to that kid to at least tell them face to face. And now you don't need to sit down and have a, a long extended conversation with everybody, but let's say you're cutting five kids. I think you tell all five of those kids to their face all at the same time. And if you have any questions, you can come see me. Uh, but you know, this is, you know, I just, I feel like you, you owe it to your kids if you're going to do that. Uh, even if you know who you're going to cut, I think you have to give them at least two or three days to, to play it out. 
and uh-huh. give them an opportunity uh, just to cover your own butt. You know, you you gotta you gotta. It's it's going to cause you a lot more problems if you circumvent or short circuit that process and trying to hurry up and get going rather than taking the extra day or the extra practice or whatever to to give those kids an opportunity to to try and sell themselves even though you're really confident they're not going to make it so um that's 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 some of the things i've done in that area anything on that tony no i I just would echo what you say i think it's a deal where if you're going to cut a kid I believe they deserve to, to hear it from you. Um, you know, it's it's like you said, you want to model uh, the right behavior. And I think that's the right thing to do. And then I would also agree that if you're going to kid uh, a kid, you got to give them a chance. You can't, you know, hey, one practice. I just don't think, you know, one practice is, is, is fair. You know, you want to give them two, three, perhaps even four days before you make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things we do, I also coach soccer. I coach girls soccer. And, when for them, you know, we break them up into varsity JV one and JV two, and those are those are tough conversations because there's a lot of kids that want to be on varsity mm-hmm. and not a lot of kids that want to be on JV two, and so those can be you know tough in terms of where they're being put. But you also let the kids know as they come to JV two and trying to connect this what we're talking about is that hey, you know, if you put in the time and you 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 know maybe you had a rough trial and you put in the time and you do whatever there's always the opportunity to move up. And I'm excited for those kids that earn that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I also think you're talking about conversations before that. Uh, Another thing that I know I've done before is, you know, you have a kid who is going to be 10, 11, 12 on your varsity or your JV or whatever. Let's say you have a senior who's going to be number 10 or 11, and you're not sure if they're going, if that's going to be a positive thing for the program, they could grow uh, quite discontent with that. I think mm-hmm. before you cut anybody, uh, you you pull that player aside and say, "Hey, Billy, uh, listen. Right now, I see you as number ten or eleven. I really don't see any minutes for you in a competitive situation. You're going to be a scout team kid as a senior. Now, if you're cool with that, we'll keep you. But if we keep you, you we're not going to put up with any whining and complaining and and all of those stereotypical things. If you don't think you're going to be okay with that role, that's fine with us. Let's part now and and let's move on because there's probably a kid that will be like, "Hey, I'll, I'll take that job." I'll, you know, maybe a sophomore or a junior that'll be like, "I'll be number 10, I'll be number 11." Whereas you have a senior who might not be hip to that 10th or 11th slot in the in the roster. Uh, spacing uh, in the roster hierarchy there. And so I think before you cut anybody, I think those are conversations that you even have before you get to that point. Yeah, that's probably a two or three day in conversation after you've kind of seen how things are going to play. And the other thing that, you know, you also factor in there is that, you know, if your summer program is well attended, some of these things have, you already have a decent idea going into the first day of practice you know, where, where things are at. But at the same time, you know, summer workouts are not mandatory. They're not required. And you also want to give a kid a chance to grow. And again, I get it might be August, September, October, but a lot can change in three or four months in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, maturity and stuff like that. And so you want to give them that opportunity as well. Okay. Uh, what else you got, Tony? Um, the other thing that we jump in there as well, uh, we just kind of go through the stuff that you know, you hope doesn't happen but you've got to address it with them. Hey, um, if you were to violate the good conduct policy, okay, yeah. all right, the first time it's one third of the season. 
Okay. Uh, the other thing that we talk about is making sure that they're passing their classes. If you are not passing a minimum of four classes, you're not allowed to participate in games. If you fail the class and you haven't played a sport previously, you sit out 30 days from the first day of competition. And so we just kind of review those things with them so that there's no surprises. We talk to them about the fact that, hey, um, if you are going to be gone, you're ill or you've got a conflict or whatever, it is your job to communicate that to us. We should not be having to come out and search and, hey, you know, where's Johnny at today type thing. Mm -hmm. That should have already been taken care of because, again, you're not just teaching them basketball skill. Hopefully, you know, you're, you're also teaching them some important life skills there as well. But those are conversations that we have. And then the other thing that we also throw at them uh, with the calendar, we give them an ac- access to our Google calendar so they can go in there and see what practice time the first week, second week, competition dates and stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing that we want to plan too, because basketball season does hit a couple big holidays with Thanksgiving yep. and Christmas. Hey, here is the day or days that we are giving you off. And then these will be our, t- our practice times over those breaks. Yep. Yeah. Um, I want to jump on a couple of those, Tony. Uh, you're talking about training guidelines. We call it in mine. I call it training guidelines. And, and like you said, the good conduct policy, um, you know, here's something that I write in mine and, and I put it in bold. Um, and I, I just say the coaching staff also reserves the right to place additional penalties above and beyond the school discipline policy on players who fail to live up to our standards regarding good conduct, so to speak, whether that's tobacco, alcohol, guilt by association, violation of curfews, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we also talk about detentions and, you know, cause if you're missing practice because of detentions, whether you're academically, uh, you know, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not getting your homework in or you're uh, doing stuff in the classroom that you're not supposed to be doing. You're screwing around. You're a discipline issue in the classroom. We've got some things in there on that. And uh, I think that's a, I forget who told me that, you know, you can always add on more, but you don't have to, you know, you don't have to. But if you put that in there, you do have that right to say, you know, we're, we're going to do this as well. Uh, just because we feel that we have that, uh, we feel like we should have that leeway as, as the, the, the owners of the program, so to speak. So, uh, we've also got in ours, and then this is a situation I had to deal with, um, just the process of if we have to potentially, you know, go through the process of dismissing a player from the program. Um, unfortunately I was in this situation one time we had a long protracted drawn out situation with a, with a family and, you know, here's, you know, the first step is the head coach will sit down with the player, discuss any of these issues. If there's no improvement, we sit down with both the player, at least one of the parents to talk about how these issues are affecting the program. If we have to go further than that, that, you know, and, and so that, that process is laid out so that again, it's pro- if you do this job long enough, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to come across that player or those players' parents that are going to cause chemistry issues within your program. And I think that's really, really important to have a process of some sort in place that you have written down so that a parent or a player can't come back and say, well, that wasn't fair. You know, it's, I don't know. Remember when we did this? Remember when we did this? And then if yep. you get in that situation, document, document, document. Yeah, documenting is so very, very key. And we, you know, you mentioned our numbers earlier. Uh, you know, we have a lot of kids that, that want to play and think they should play. 
And so we also go from it on their side of things as well. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, if you have a concern, you know, don't necessarily address it with the coaches. They're walking off the floor in the middle of a game, uh, but give it 24 hours, contact the coach, you know, and then the coach can, can, you know, visit with your player. Cause one of the things we talk about a lot is making sure that the player is the one that initiates it. If the player doesn't, you know, like the outcome of the conversation involve their parent, they can be player, parent, and coach. And if it's say, for example, they were upset with me and they didn't like the solution with the three of us, then mm-hmm. our head coach, John would come in and join that. If they don't like the results of that, then we would add in our AD and go from there. But we kind of walk through it on the other side of things as far as, hey, you know, if you have concerns, we're here to listen. Uh, Don't necessarily want to talk about every single concern. But the one thing that we make sure is that the first one, it's the player that's addressing because I I don't really, you know, understand the whole, hey, if my son or daughter knew I was contacting you, they would die of embarrassment. Oh, yeah, that's that's always the line. Yep. Yep. We're, we're going we're gonna to make sure that they, they're a part of it. If they have the issue, then we've got to kind of you know, go through that process. And that's a part of growing up and having those, those tough conversations like we mentioned earlier. If we're going to have that conversation with a kid about cutting them, then if they're upset about playing time, you know, that, that's a two-way street. Let's, let's have that conversation between you and I initially. And if you don't like the outcome of it, then we can involve your parents if you feel that it wasn't the solution that you were looking for. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Yeah, I... I you know, again, so piggybacking on yours, uh, we have a deal in our thing about communicating with the coaching staff. And, and I'm really upfront and honest. I say, you know, uh, unless it's something that is, is uh, physical, emotional, whatever that, whatever, you know, may be, th- there really shouldn't be a whole lot of this. You have to trust us. You have to allow us to coach your daughter. And, uh, you know, Dick Junger said a few weeks ago, he tells his parents at his parent meeting, you know, if I'm doing my job correctly, there probably will be a day or two where your daughter comes home and she's not happy with me. because, But it's because I'm trying to challenge her and push her out of her comfort zone. Uh, in the in the case of, of Dick coaching females, you coaching males, we're, you know, we're, that's our job is to, to mm-hmm. you know, push those buttons sometime. Um, but we really talk about that. Um, we really hammer in, and I've been in this situation before, uh, we're not going to talk about another player, like you talked about, some of those key yep. things that parents try to say, well, you did this. Uh, I, <laughs> I had one, one of the craziest 
bizarre 12 minutes of my coaching career occurred with a with a family and and the first thing they brought up was well this kid did and i just stopped him i said no we're not here to talk about that player we'll talk about your daughter but we're not going to talk about this person and that cut off about 70 percent of their argument of of what they Mm -hmm. wanted to bring up that day and then and then i'm i'm pretty honest i say you know everything we're going to do is going to be the bit for the benefit of the team uh like you said your you know your your son or daughter is going to be in this meeting and you know, if you want to talk, yeah, here's, and I, and I literally put it in my packet here. Here's some things I'll talk about with you, how to make your daughter a better player or a better person, uh, upcoming opponents, booster information, summer programs, calendars, all that other stuff. But we're yep. not talking about playing time. We're not talking about strategy and we're not talking about practice planning. And those are the three big no-nos that we're just, we're just not going to talk about. And, um, you know, sometimes pl- parents just want to come in and they just want to be heard and, and they want to vent. Um, but, you know, I have a hard time with that. And in, in the sense of, you know, it's no, it's it's about your, your your kid has to learn how to handle these situations because you're not always going to be there for your child to handle those situations. They've got to learn how to handle it. And and, you know, I, I think that's the, the most important thing that you can do in that regard, Tony. I would agree. Uh, you know, just because life isn't easy and sometimes you might not be the star. You yeah. know, you might be a, a supporting actor or a supporting player, so to speak. You know, you might be the encourager from the from the bench or whatever, you know, and there are no small roles on a team. And you have to make sure that you value all of those roles. And, you know, it, it's it's hard sometimes because, I mean, we'd all love to be Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who wouldn't? But sometimes you have to be, you know, someone who provides that encouragement or someone who goes in and, and subs somebody else and gives them a break or somebody who makes the pass to the Michael Jordan of the team that scores it. Mm-hmm. And there just there aren't any small roles. And it's very important that we value all roles. But, yeah, I mean, those those three things that you brought up as far as the no-nos, you know, those those are very important to understand that there are boundaries and, you know, you have to to have to stay within the line, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and I want to move on to a, another thing that should be in your player and parent packet. What do 98% of our parent meetings and player meetings come down to after game start? Playing time. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important that you explain to your parents, starting from your parent meeting, I think it's important. Uh, we've talked about this on a pen and a napkin before that you sit down and you meet with your players before the season starts. Um, as you know, as of, you know, one of the things I did last week was to get my calendar put together. We're going to start scheduling meetings this week that we're going to start the following week. And I'm going to sit down with every kid that's going out for basketball and, and here's what it's going to be. And, and, and there might be some tough conversations, uh, in those situations as there are every year. Uh, but the number one thing that I have here in my packet, uh, it's bolded, it's underlined. Number one, the best players play regardless of class slash age. I cannot emphasize this enough. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, you know, then there's some stuff behind that. Uh, we talk about the things uh, that we look at, talent, attitude, and work ethic. Uh, we'll sacrifice talent for attitude and work ethic, but we won't sacrifice work ethic and attitude for talent. Uh, practice is where playing time is decided, and that's where it's directly related to this. Uh, we talk about roles. Um, you know, another thing, every year is a new year. You, you might have a kid that has one role one year, and the next year they have a different role. And, 
and that's hard. And sometimes that role is a diminished role. It's it's still a role, but it's it maybe a diminished role because you got two really good freshmen that come in or, or whatever, you know, that type of situation. You got a tr- couple transfers that come in and their yep. role is different. Um, and then one of the big things, and I got this from Matt Terman, uh, our, my, my good friend and, and, and former coworker out at Scott, um, when you have that situation where you have a parent or player that talks about wanting to go from the, why am I on the freshman team and not on the JV or why I'm not on the JV, why I'm on the JV and not on the varsity? Uh, this was always Matt's response. If I don't see you dominating in the freshman games, why would I move you up to JV? Or if I don't see you dominating in the JV games, why would I move you up to varsity? And I think when that that is a a a great thing that you can use uh, to to explain to your your parents and your players that you know focus on where your feet are right now. And if you're in the JV game, then kick butt in the JV game and worry about the varsity game later, or or the freshman do it in the freshman game and worry about being called up to the JV later on. You know, I, I think those are really, really important. And you, you know, you got to be really firm. You got to be really fair. I don't think you come out just telling, you know, speaking down to people. But I think you have to really be thorough and explain these things to parents and players before the season starts, it, it, so they understand where you're coming from and what you're looking at. Yeah, the thing that I thought you were did a really nice job on is are those parent or the player meetings. Sorry. Um, You've got to talk. You've got to give, explain those roles. You know, John Gordon, who we've mentioned a number of times on this podcast, you know, he talks about the fact that where there's a lack of communication, negativity will fill it. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to make sure that you, you know, maybe feel like you're overly communicating, but you've got to communicate. If you don't communicate, negativity is going to replace there. And I can't tell you the number of times, like when you were talking about, you know, a lot of times kids, okay, I was a sophomore, I was junior, I was this number player we graduated three or four seniors now i should be this number of player but they don't work on their game the entire time you're either getting better or getting worse there's really no no you know mm-hmm. status quo and maintaining where you're at you're either getting better or getting worse and you have those kids that were freshmen that all of a sudden they get a, to be a sophomore and that body develops another year and they add to their game and you have those other kids that just fall in love with the process and they grind it out and they're yeah. getting better and better. Yep. And like you mentioned, yep. sometimes a kid's unhappy somewhere else. The next thing you know, you get a transfer on your, on your doorstep there and just stuff that you sometimes don't plan for. Yeah. Um, but you got to control what you can control. And hopefully that control is getting in the gym and working in your game and getting better and just making sure that whatever role you get, you understand it's not a small role. Be a star in that role. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've kind of led here on the last one or two here, Tony. What else do you got on, on your stuff? One of the things that we have that's kind of unique here in Cedar Rapids is our busing situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't take buses to inner city games. Like when we play Cedar Rapids Xavier, our kids drive on their own to Xavier. When we play Cedar Rapids Washington, our kids drive on their own to Washington. Cedar Rapids Jefferson, same thing. Linmar, Cedar Rapids Prairie. So there's a handful of our opponents that we don't have buses for. And so we just make sure the parents understand that. And that's, that's a big thing going in. Yeah. That if you're not prepared for, you know, because a parent might be at work and how are you going to get Johnny to the game or Susie or whoever? And so sometimes it's about planning rides and talking to other parents and stuff like that. And so that's, that's kind of an interesting thing there. And then also, um, our funding, we have what's called a parent support group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a booster club as well, but our parent support group, 
does a variety of things for it. And so uh, we introduce them, uh, who's on that, what they've done, uh, the type of experience that we want to get our kids, you know, and what they've provided as far as like Gatorade bottles, pregame meals. Um, they've they provided a shooting machine and uh, updated our, our uniforms and stuff like that. Uh, and then there's other chances that our, our parents can work to get more money for our, our school, our program. Um, I think I've mentioned before that we, the three inner city schools here in town, we share a football stadium. Yep. So when we have a home game and stuff, you can go and work and it nets the program about 50 bucks for every parent volunteer that goes and works that. And so we make sure that we share that with them as well. And just those options that they have to help us out in, in, you know, working a concession stand or working at the football game and stuff like that and what these things can net their kids. And so uh, we also point out where they can find the game schedules uh, along with the, the Google calendar they also can go into the, our, our conference stuff. And on the conference thing, they have what the game schedules are for all of the different levels. Uh, we get them signed up for a remind uh, text thing where if there's a change in practice time or information that we need to get out there, they can receive the remind text. Uh, but just making sure that we have all these things for them to fill in what we were talking about earlier, communication that helps answer some of those questions. Yeah. We have uh, one of our assistants that sends out a weekly planner, like Tuesday, you know, Wednesday before Wednesday or Thursday before the following Monday, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and and we give them the whole season practice uh, schedule uh, beforehand. Our boys coach T.J. O'Connor does a great job of organizing that. But we tell them, you know, there's going to be some fluidity with that. But I think it's really good if you're a head coach to designate. An assistant coach, like you said, you talked about last week, you guys have your kind of your director of basketball operations that will, will, would take care of those type of tasks as well. And if you if you delegate that to some of your coaches um, or, or a coach, I think that's a really good idea. Um, I really like all that, Tony. A couple other things that are in ours. Um, we, we have a thing in there talking about uh, team rules. Now, Team rules, short, sweet, to the point. Um, I literally have three rules for off the floor and three rules for on the floor. You know, off the floor where we be on, you know, be on time, stay out of trouble, get the best grade you possibly can get. On the floor, we got three rules. Have fun, be a great teammate at all times, play as hard as you can all the time. That's it. And, and I think if you put, and those are not necessarily rules, you know, uh, be on time and be kind of a hard and fast rule, but, uh, you know, it's more of a standard that you're trying to set when the, when mm-hmm. they're listed as rules. Uh, so that's another thing we have in there that we put in ours. Uh, we put in some game day preparation stuff. Uh, talk about, for example, uh, how we dress on the road. Uh, we're going to be uniformed in, in whatever we do. Uh, we, we're going to encourage our players to put their cell phones away on the trips and actually talk to each other. Um, you know, we will say sometimes, you know, Friday night when we play at Arlington, we're going to have everybody ride on, ride back home on the bus together. We want everybody on the bus in the program together just to create that bond. No cell phones out. Everybody's there. We're going to talk. We're going to hang out. We want a loud bus on the way home just so we're making those connections with our team. So, um, that's some of that, that we put in there. Uh, we put in, I put in, and I don't know if this is for better or worse. I think it's for better. Uh, we put in our basic basketball philosophy and then I tell my parents and it's not like, I mean, I've shared it with hundreds, if not thousands of people via this platform. 
here's our offensive principles. I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to try and do every possession on offense. Here's our here's our defensive principles. This is exactly what we're going to do. And I think one of the things that we talk about there, one of the reasons why we put this here is, hey, this is what we're telling the kids we want them to do. So defensively, when we're getting on the top side shoulder and we don't want the ball to get to Manhattan, don't be yelling at your daughter to say, you know, you got to get in front of her there and and why do you keep letting her go baseline? Well, that's because that's what we work on. And and so yeah. you're not sitting there at the dinner table going, how come you're doing it like this? You know, you should be doing it like this. Well, this is exactly what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And and so what we also try to tell our parents is, you know, and this is hard. Uh, hey, we're the coaches. Let us coach. You be the parent. Um, you know, the whole Bruce Brown thing. Uh, when they get in the car after the game, hey, I love you. I love to watch you play. Uh, if they lost that night, that stunk. Get them next time. Yep. If they won, hey, I love to watch you play. Great game tonight. Great win. I love to watch you play. And, and you just try and leave it at that. And we try to talk to our parents. And again, we can't we can't control everything at the dinner table. Uh, but we do try to give our, our parents some tips on to uh, about how to communicate with their kids. Uh, we we have a handout that talks about you know here's some do's and don'ts as a as an athletic parent and. Um, you know, we, those are some of the things we try to help our parents out with as well. No, and those are those are good. Uh, you know that I think that's so very very key. I love you. I love to watch you play and go from there. And if they want to talk more about it, they'll bring it up. Yeah. You know that's that's the thing. You don't have to go on a fishing expedition and try to dredge something up that's not there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Anything else, Tony, on your end? Um, yeah, I'll just touch on a couple items here and, and then I think I pretty much have, have gone through our list of things. Um, one of the things that we also talked to them a little bit about is ordering gear like mm-hmm. travel suits and, and, yep. you know, uh, basketball practice jerseys and, and different things like that. And so we walk through that and, and go through who we go, you know, where they can get that from, what the price is, uh, their shoes. I think we put, even put socks on there and stuff. If they want to go that far, we allow that. Um, the other thing that we talk about with them as well is, you know, walking through the importance of, you know, being a good teammate. We walk through the fact that, you know, there are X number of players. There's 32 minutes in a game. There's, you know, however many players that make up the varsity. We're going to get this number of shots. We're going to score this many points a game and, and different things that go along with that. And try to give them a little bit, little bit of perspective in terms of, you know, what, how would you do it differently? You know, whose who's time would you take away to give to give you time? And then yep. for my specific level, I try to talk both with players and parents on this one as well. Is hey, last year as freshmen there were two freshman teams, so I'm going to inherit ten guys that think that they're starters. I'm going to guess the freshman level they probably played eight, nine, ten guys, you know, in in those. A games for the freshmen. And so I'm going to inherit 16 to 20 guys that think they should play. Yeah. Well, we obviously know that we are not going to start 10 guys. I think you're probably aware of the fact I can't play 16 to 20 guys in a night and yeah. make anybody happy, to be honest with you. Yeah. And so we just kind of walk through some of those items with them from a, from a numerical standpoint from, yeah. you know, there's 160 minutes. So if you take 32 times five, there's 160 minutes. We're going to shoot the ball probably 50 times a game. We're going to probably score 60 or a little over 60 points a game. And you you walk through that stuff with them. And then you walk through the specifics with your specific program going from, you know, two teams to one team going from, you know, 16 guys playing a night to probably eight, nine, 10 guys playing a night. And just 
give them a little bit of perspective. I think that helps both players and parents when you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just those, and again, kind of what you talked about earlier, Tony, roles. And and no, like, like we say in ours, no accept, embrace, and excel at your role. And, and the role is going to change from year to year. And I think that's great that you explain that to, uh, to the parents and to the kids, uh, you know, how, and I love how you put that, that, you know, 10 kids aren't going to start, you know, I think that's really good. Um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, we talk about our goals within our program and, and, and yeah, I've kind of over a long time experienced, as we say on a pen and a napkin, Tony, I've basically come up with four, four goals for our program. Uh, that they, you know, the kids participating in the activity feel that they are being treated fairly and with respect and that they have fun while, with what they were doing while they are working hard. That's number one. That they become, number two is they become better people and learn lessons about sport and life as a result of their participation in the activity. Uh, number three, that our team maxes out. If we have 20 and five talent, then let's go 20 and five. If our, if our talent is five and 20, let's max out and go five and 20, you know, type of a thing. Um, and then, you know, tangibly uh we want to you want to we feel like we want to compete for a conference championship if we if we can if we can compete for our conference championship then we probably have a chance to to get to a district championship and play for a state tournament berth and then we go from there you know so uh that's kind of the way we scale it in, in that regard and and those are our four goals year in and year out for our program and I, and and I explain that to our parents this is this is what we're thinking and uh if you notice you know Winning has nothing to do with goal number one or goal number two. We really don't talk about numbers and tangible things until goals number three and four. And I think when you put it that way, I think that's important as well. I agree. Um, you know, we've talked about a variety of things. One of them, you know, the process, you know, winning this quarter, winning that possession. And, you know, you don't even really focus on, on the score. You don't really focus on the winning and losing. You know, I think the the two things that's so very important – why do kids play sports? Because they're fun. Yeah. And sometimes the adults are the ones who can squeeze that out of that. And I include both the coaches and the parents in that one. But that's why they play. It's fun. You know, you were talking earlier about the basketball numbers going down. Um, Nate Sanderson, who you've had on here before, you know, he went out and, and asked people not necessarily why they're not playing basketball, but he talked to the kids that, that stuck it out and played all four years. Why did you keep playing? And so I think that's a little bit different perspective and something that, you know, as, as coaches that we've got to make sure that we keep in mind, why do they keep playing? Why do they yeah. keep perpetuating and going on with the game and, and make that more what the game's about? Because I think we want as many kids out as we possibly can having a great experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tony. So, um, Anything else to add, buddy? I think this has been a terrific conversation. I think coaches are going to get a lot from this. Anything else to add? I think we covered it pretty much almost A through Z on that one. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty yeah. thorough. Well, and I, and I hope folks appreciate it. I think it's a great conversation to have. I think it's a, it's it's a, it's so vitally important to have this conversation, to talk about it, to make sure that that your, your parent meeting and your player binder and 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 what you what you give to people, it just sets a really important tone 
to your season. And and there's going to be teams, there's going to be a few teams out there that are going to have really, really high expectations when it comes to wins and losses, but we should never diminish our expectations about the experience that the kids mm-hmm. should have. Uh, but in order to have that great experience, we have to communicate the, the keystone uh, or the, the, the very vital things within our philosophies that are going to make that. These, these are the things that we think are really important that, is, are, that are going to create a great experience for your son or daughter. And some of these things you may not agree with, but this is where we stand. And, and I, I think it's just important to set that tone as well. I agree. Um, there was a, a show out here on, on our news uh, for, for sports that they uh, acknowledged the Ed Thomas Coach of the Week. Uh-huh. And um, Ed Thomas, famous Iowa football coach, uh, ended up tragically was was killed by a former player um, but just one of those things where he talked about if all I've ever taught you is to block and tackle I failed you and I think too many times that's what athletics can can become about you know is winning and losing or getting a scholarship or whatever the case in those areas are related to and it's just like hey there's so much more to the experience than that if we can focus on those other things I think like we talked about earlier, it just becomes a healthier yep. and more people enjoy it and have a great time playing what I consider to be the greatest game ever invented by Dr. Naismith. It's a beautiful game, my friend. It's a beautiful game. So, Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs, and now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. All right, Tony. It's time for me to even the score. Uh-oh. All right. So I got one for you here today. I, I think you can get it. If you have paid attention to things, I think you can get this. Okay. It, it's, okay. It, it's, it's, not, it's not impossible. All right. But it, but it, but it will be. It is a specific answer. So, are you ready, sir, right. for this week's trivia um, question? Tony yeah. Viss is on a. What, you're on a four week heater, aren't you? Yeah, I, I, I asked some really difficult questions of you, and then you were nice enough and gave me the Rudy Tomjanovich one. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've been on a little bit of a string here lately. All right, all right. Well, let's see where we're at after this one. So, are you ready, Mister Viss, for the coaching staff trivia question of the week? I am. The Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics have each won 17 NBA championships. So let's check uh, that Cedar Rapids-Kennedy math department. If you combine those two franchises together, they have a sum total of... 34. 34 NBA championships. Of all the other franchises in NBA history, how many... Combined championships do all the other franchises in NBA history have? Is, I'm trying to think. Is it this is your 76 or 77 of the NBA? So I'm going to go 34 minus. I'll go 77 first. So I'm going to go with the 43. That is incorrect. 42? 
That is incorrect. Crap. I must have heard wrong the other day when they did the when they did what year of the NBA it was, but I could have swore they said seventy six or seventy seven. Um let's go with I'll say forty one. You are correct. God. 75th anniversary. Yes, last year was the 75th anniversary. So 75 minus 34 is 41. 41. So that's what I meant when, you know, if you're paying attention to current events, you, yeah. you know, or not current events per se, but, you know, if you're paying attention to, to, to basketball recently, that's the number you would get. I had never hoped, other than my accountant, you know, making a mistake on my, <laughs> on my taxes in a positive taxes. way. I have never wished for anybody to screw up on math so badly than I just did right there, Tony. So, but hats off to you, my friend. You got it. You got it correct. Forty-one. Uh, okay. A uh, little side question here, and this won't count. You're up six-four. Which franchise has the most other than the Lakers and the Celtics? I'm gonna say, and I'm probably wrong here, but one of my favorite teams of my youth. Because of the doctor. Julius. 76ers. <laughs> 76ers is incorrect. Who is it? They only have two. Um, it is the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors. That would make As, sense. They've been on a little bit of a roll lately. Well, yeah, they've done all right. So they've had four in the last eight years. And then the Rick Barry 75 team. And then as the Philadelphia Warriors, they won two Ooh. NBA championships. Okay. So, so they have seven. Uh, a lot of people think it'd be the Bulls, but the, yeah. the Bulls have the second most, or the, the fourth six. most with six. And then the Spurs have five. Ah, uh, pop. Yes. Yep. And then it goes Miami. Uh, Which hasn't been around that long. No, they have not. Uh, they probably have the highest, other than the Lakers and the Celtics, they probably have the highest, you know, ratio, percentage, yeah, percentage you know, per season's played. Um yeah, Miami and the and the Sixers with three, and then uh, Pistons, Knicks, Bucks, Rockets, all with two, and then a bunch of franchises with one. So, yeah. So, well done, Mr. Viss. Well done. Blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, uh, sporting, you know, the sporting event you are looking forward to this week, Mr. Viss? I'm going high school this week. Okay. Uh, our volleyball team plays Waukee Northwest for the right to go to the state volleyball tournament this week. Punch that And then ticket. our football team opens up first round of the playoffs on Friday against Waukee Northwest here in Cedar Rapids at Kingston. Mm-hmm. So though, that will, those will both have my attention this week. Okay. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go World Series. I'm going to go World Series. We are into the, uh, to the tail end of the baseball stuff. Bryce Harper goes yard and propels the Phillies into the World Series. Looks like their opponent is going to be the Astros. Uh, as we're filming this, we're filming, or filming, yeah, we're taping this, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's Sunday night. Astros are up 3 nothing. So barring a, a 2004 Yankee type of collapse, yeah. uh, it, it should be Houston and Philadelphia. Uh, my brother-in-law, Jim Martin, out in Philadelphia, is a very, very happy man right now. Him and him and my nephew, Tate, went to Game 4 of the NLCS uh, uh, Saturday night, and ha- I'm guessing they had a great time. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching a little World Series stuff, Tony. And that one will show you the team that was the better team during the regular season. I mean, Houston, outside of the Dodgers, I can't think of anybody that had 
a whole lot better regular season than the Astros mm-hmm. compared to the team that got hot at the right time because Philadelphia gets in yep. one of the wild card situations. And I don't know of many picked them to get out of the wild card round. And not only have they got out of the wild card round, but they are Cinderella at the World Series. Well, and they started out really poorly. They were like 22 fired and 27, their fired their manager and and got it going. So, you know, congratulations to the to the Phils. So no good doubt. for them. Good for them. So all right, Tony. We have solved the world's problems once again. Coaches, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. I thought it, we, we brought out, I thought, a r- bunch of really, really good uh, thoughts and concepts. And again, if you have any questions on any of this stuff, you can reach out to me via uh, Twitter or email. You can reach out to Tony uh, at Tony D. Viss, and we'll, we'll do all that we can to help you out here. So uh, that's our topic for this week. Next week, we've got something planned. Like we said, we pretty much got the next four weeks planned out here. And if there's something that you listened to last week that you would like for us to talk about, and maybe it's not on our calendar, you know, we'd be willing to do so. So uh, for Mr. Tony D. Viss, my name is Barney Plum. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to own our craft one day at a time.